Welcome to Top Stories, I am Andy Zaltzman and I'm delving into the Bugle archives once again for you today. Today we go back to January 2012 and issue 178 of the Bugle entitled The Final Countdown. Things were feeling a little bit bleak as the boffins in charge of the Doomsday Clock broke some frankly terrifying news, as they seem to do on a frankly terrifyingly regular basis. Here I am with John Oliver. Top story this week, nuke news. Give me an N. Give me a U. Give me a K. Give me a stop what you're doing right now or America will bomb you back into the <laughs> Middle Ages. <laughs> Andy, it is only natural to sometimes wonder how close we are to complete Armageddon. Um, you can go back and forth on whether we're frighteningly close or reassuringly far away. You might walk in the park and see children playing happily on the swings and think everything's going to be fine. But then you might turn around and see children trying to set fire to a squirrel and think everything's going to be really bad instead. <laughs> it's hard to quantify exactly how close we are to self-destruction. Or is it? Because the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists have announced that they've moved their doomsday clock, a symbolic gauge of nuclear danger, one minute closer to midnight because of inadequate progress on nuclear and climate issues. The Bulletin of Atomic Scientists and their complete bullshit clock have attracted attention <laughs> for this scientifically meaningless piece of effective PR catnip before, <laughs> when they moved the clock back a minute in 2010, and that was such a simpler time, Andy, 2010, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't you yearn for those innocent days again? I do. I do. I mean, just things, the world still had optimism then. Yeah, but... And it, now we're basically just on the verge of annihilation. But interestingly, how has the world become more dangerous since then? Because Bin Laden was alive in 2010. <laughs> how is a world without Bin Laden in suddenly more dangerous than a world with him? Was he just a misunderstood hippie, Andy? <laughs> or was he the spectacular Cliff Huxtable that everyone thought he was? <laughs> Are the two mutually exclusive, John? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it might have been a hippie with a few anger management issues. <laughs> if he hadn't been a hippie, imagine how bad he could have been. I mean, that, that <laughs> kept him yeah. in check, if that, anything. Well, that is a, that is a sobering thought. <laughs> uh, Jayantha Dhanapala, a member of the uh, BAS Board of Sponsors and a former UN Undersecretary-General for Disarmament Affairs, quite a CV, said <laughs> that while Russia-US nuclear relations were improving, others left much to be desired. He said... The failure by the US, China, Iran, India, Pakistan, Egypt and Israel to act on the Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty and by North Korea on a treaty to cut off production of nuclear weapons material continues to leave the world at risk from continued development of nuclear weapons. Wow, Andy. Giantha must be a blast to sit next to at <laughs> dinner parties. You had better get ready to spend the entire evening jabbing a fork into your own hand under the table. <laughs> uh, the world is at risk from continued development of nuclear weapons. That's uh, that's great, Giantha. Do you mind passing the potatoes and then lightening the fuck up, please? Uh, <clears throat> what's that, Giantha? You've got a joke for me? Sure, well, why not? Hit me. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, Giantha. What did happen when an Iranian, an American and a Russian walked into a bar? They failed to come to an agreement on nuclear disarmament and the world slid ever close to the precipice of annihilation of humanity. OK, Giantha, I'm moving chairs now. Please do not follow me. <laughs> so it is five to midnight now. Initially, when it was first set up in 1947, the bullshit clock uh, was seven to midnight. So two minutes per 65 years closer to Armageddon. So that means that's midnight and the end of the world is set for the year 
2174 at that rate. Okay. So we're off the hook. We're off. We are off the we hook, people. We will <laughs> all be as dead as a medieval peasant by then. <laughs> Every single one of you will be as dead as a nut. Of course, the Bugle franchise will still be going strong. J. Hoagie Oliver the Sixth and Pope Zaltor the First still <laughs> gagging it up big time for the world. But at least we're out. We're out of the picture. I mean, we could uh, we could probably even stand a bit more nuclear brink- brinkmanship from the likes of Iran. It keeps the crowd entertained. The closest the clock ever got to midnight was in 1953, mm-hmm. when the clock struck 11:58. If and this nuclear cuckoo popped out and said, "Kaboom!" Only kidding. Too soon. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was when uh, the USSR and the USA both blasted the living f***ings out of thermonuclear devices within a few months of each other. Then it looked like humanity, having done so much to wipe itself out in the first half of the 20th century, was intent on finishing the job. Two minutes of midnight on the doomsday clock. In 1960, though, the clock was set back to 11.53, then in 1963 to 11.48, despite the fact that 1958 and 62 were the years with the most nuclear tests in history, and in 61, Tsar Bomber, the world's biggest ever thermonuclear firework, that was blasted off. So it, it does seem that mm. we need more nuclear testing. That is yeah. the way... I mean, we've really backed out of that. The Tsar Bomber, 50 megatons, it was uh, 1,400 times the power of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs combined. Ten times the power of all the weapons used in the whole of the Second World War. <laughs> And it produced a mushroom cloud that was 40 miles high. And I do hope the scientists watching that thought, I think that's probably big enough. (laughs) Shall we stop now? (laughs) Well, you can't argue with a clock, Andy. That's the point. uh, To put that in perspective, John, how big that bomb was, um, if that bomb had exploded in the same room as reality TV ubiquitizer Simon Cowell, whilst Cowell was looking at himself in the mirror, he might have noticed it. (laughs) I'm just showing uh, how we can be commercial for any investors out there. <laughs> Next week, what is Kim Kardashian up to these days? So, uh, but the clock showed mankind was safer, as if the world had realised, no, it's fine, it's just dick swinging, it's nothing to worry about, it's boys' toys, although admittedly the boys are megalomaniac politicians and the toys could destroy mankind. But it'll probably be fine. The um, safest ever time on the doomsday clock, John, was 11.43pm, that was in 1991. I don't know if there are, there, are there any plans to backdate it throughout history. To see, uh, I mean, that asteroid that smashed the dinosaurs up big time. Yeah, that might, have, yeah that might be a smart idea. Yeah. That must have been pretty close to midnight at that <laughs> point. But uh, 11.43 in 1991, after Gorbachev had glasnosted and perestroiked the shit out of the Soviet Union, the Berlin Wall had crumbled like a guilty digestive biscuit in the aggressively han- handled 1970s police interview. And the <laughs> USA and the Soviet Union had blushingly asked for each other's autographs on the first strategic arms reduction treaty, which uh, restricted their nuclear arsenals to a barely noticeable 6,000 nuclear warheads each. Oh, it's so close to not having <laughs> nuclear weapons, that, isn't it? That's right. But it seems, John, that, that I mean, that they're 11.43 then, and now we're back to... Uh, 11.55, it seems that mankind as a species is simply not genetically programmed not to want to f*** itself to the precipice of Armageddon. <laughs> that is just the way God made us, yeah. as the Bible can testify. And the Lord made Adam in his own image, and he was pleased. But then he thought to himself, 
Wait up, I think I'll give this lad a dangerous self-destructive streak just for a laugh. It should make this new planet a bit more interesting. The last few I've made have been lovely, but so boring without the people and them spending most of their time trying to kill and or hump each other. I'm not making that mistake again. This is going to be a quality watch. Unmissable. And when I'm done, I'm going to kick back, crack open a few years and take it easy for a few thousand years. Oh, hang on, I'll just, I'll just give Eve some norks. There we go. Even better. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I think we can rule the tablet out of the running for potential future Bugle hosts. <laughs> so, Andy, how do you combat the destabilisation of deadly nuclear proliferation? Well, Iran nuclear scientist news now! <laughs> you kill people, Andy. That seems to be our best guess at the moment. Kill people. You bump people off like B-movie baddies. <laughs> Iranian nuclear scientists have been dropping like flies who were covertly assassinated by Mossad over the last few months. <laughs> In fact, just this week, uh, Mustafa Ahmadi Roshan, who worked at the Nanats uh, uranium enrichment facility, had two men on motorcycles, attach a magnetic bomb to his car during morning rush hour, and then detonate it outside a university campus. He died along with the driver of the car. Iran immediately pointed the finger straight at Israel and the US, who in turn gasped in disbelief that Iran could ever think that they would do such a thing, only just stopping short of pulling out an Elizabethan ladies' fan and swooning on the speaker's podium. <laughs> In fact, National Security Council spokesman uh, Tommy Viator said, the United States had absolutely nothing to do with this. We strongly condemn all acts of violence, including acts of violence like this. Going on to say, sorry, sorry, I take that back. I did not mean to say including awesome acts of violence like this. <laughs> What's that, I didn't say awesome? Oh, good, good, because I was deliberately trying not to say that. It wasn't easy, Andy, for him to pull a sombre denial like that off, as I'm fairly sure there was a leftover party popper streamer hanging <laughs> off his shoulder from the celebration party for the Dead Scientist News that had just been held in the Situation Room 20 minutes before. <laughs> but Israel is being slightly less good at camouflaging yeah. its glee at these matters on Tuesday. An Israeli general by the name of Benny Gantz was quoted mm -hmm. as telling a parliamentary panel that 2012 would be a critical year for Iran, in part because of, quote, things that happen to it unnaturally. <laughs> I mean, might as well have said that while smoking a massive cigar, whilst two <laughs> massive goons in dark glasses behind him chewed gum aggressively before <laughs> knocking a vase off a shelf and saying, Comprendo. <laughs> uh, Iranian Vice President Mohammad Reza Rahimi uh, said on state TV that the bomb attack would not stop progress in the country's nuclear programme before diving for cover and squealing when a car backfired outside. <laughs> or, I mean, he's right, Andy. It might not stop progress in their nuclear programme, but it is sure as shit going to make it harder to make progress in terms of convincing people to want to work there. <laughs> Good luck with that situation's vacant job posting, Andy. Nuclear scientists needed to work in the nuclear program of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Must have ability to enrich uranium for energy and or nuclear weapon, and also have the ability to dodge relentless assassination attacks from the CIA or Mossad agents. Must have degree in nuclear physics and black belt in jiu-jitsu. Previous job occupant died in a car bomb. This kind of job performance will not be tolerated again. Good sense of humour required, no Jews. Incidentally, that last <laughs> sentence was not a joke. <laughs> Well, that's true, isn't it? But if we have learnt one thing this week, then it has to be, be careful where you take a waz. And really, really, if in doubt, just hold it in until you find a urinal, or somewhere without dead bodies in the way. But if there's another thing we've learnt, 
It's that if you're a conservative leader announcing you're going to clamp down on executive pay, there is a danger you'll be viewed not so much as the boy who cried wolf, as the boy who's been feeding tasty scraps of prime steak to the wolf for years before letting the wolf out and saying, look out folks, little fangy Frank has built up a little bit of an appetite. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Now do go and tell a friend about the show and or leave a review or nice comment somewhere or just shout about it from the nearest available window. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety god what a hot sell this is i mean you 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 must be so excited listen now